Welcome to Corona Stories, the place where people can be open and honest about their feelings and experiences of COVID, lockdown and related matters. I'm Christine Padgham and I co-host this podcast with my friend Sylvia. This podcast is not for profit, it will never be for profit and we are interested in hearing people's real views. We never censor and we are interested in all perspectives. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can contact us at coronastories at protonmail.com and we have a telegram channel t.me forward slash coronastories. Please join us there. In this episode, I speak to The Rustler, or Freedom Podcast, once again, a month after the last time we spoke. The Rustler is a data man on Twitter who's been following the COVID statistics for Scotland very closely throughout the pandemic, and he and I enjoy working together. We're just doing a quick update on the excess death situation and we're hoping to make this a monthly affair. Thank you for listening. Today is the 24th of November 2021 and I'm speaking to the Rustler again. Hi Christine. Rustler and we spoke about a month ago now at length about excess deaths and our podcast was so popular so wildly popular we've decided well, I, heard, to be one. <laughs> I heard that after you had the big name emma kenny on last week that you had to follow up with another big name christine and that's no. why you called me that's what i was told exactly i mean we're just gaining um respectability all the time <laughs> genuinely, genuinely having emma on must have been good for the podcast though yep Although I think still the last podcast was the Rustlers got it in the race for most listens. I'm not I'm not buying that. I got no way. It, well, that's what the thing says. The last thing Have I need got... is my ego stroke, Christine. I know I've I've noticed that. I have <laughs> pulled up on that a couple of times. Okay. <laughs> I actually back to insecurity. I, I just masquerade as a really confident guy. Exactly. Um you're fooling no one. <laughs> Um, so we have just today, this is Wednesday, and that's when the National Records for Scotland updates the deaths. So I've put a blog up on the informscotland.uk website. It's on the main page and it's called an update on all cause deaths as of 18th November 2021. And you have had a good look at the data as well, I think. Yeah, I've looked at the Public Health Scotland stuff and a wee bit of the NRS as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I leave the Public Health Scotland stuff to you and um, others because I, yeah, I, so I'm, my blog is on the National Records for Scotland data. And actually things are not looking, I can't say they're looking good because we've still got a lot of excess deaths, but um, it, it they're coming down now. Yeah, what well, I, I, I had a look, Christine, it had been steady over 20%. For the last 12 weeks and this week it was just over 11 percent, i think in excess so we're saying like 11 is good because it's not as high as 20 but it's still 
pretty high. Yeah. Yes. So it's been quite, it has been though, quite a convincing and steady decline though for the last six weeks. We're back down to where we were, this, the level that we were at 10 weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, I ran the numbers, Christine, and I think, I think we're, we're, our excess deaths for the entire year are up by 10%. But the excess deaths over summer up through autumn just now are up 15% on the five-year average. And yeah. just, just for context, what that means is generally 1,000 a people die every week in Scotland. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is 1,150 1, people are dying every week. So there's an extra 150 people dying every week in Scotland to what mm -hmm. normally happen. And yeah. we also know that it's not COVID that's killing them. I think COVID's been recorded or reported as being about 40% of those deaths. So there is this other cause of death, yeah. other causes of increasing. Yeah. And just um, looking at the numbers that I've, there's so many different things that you could total up, but I've said in my blog today, so if that's the first time in 21 weeks, we are below the number of excess deaths we had in the same week last year. Right. So yeah. we've had more deaths in 2020 for 21 weeks and we are now in our 26th consecutive week of excess deaths. That is half a year. Terrifying. I know it's all it's unprecedented. There has I've looked back. It, it is quite a hard um, thing to do. Maybe it'd be easier if I was a bit cleverer with data management, but um I've gone back to 1974 and I can't see another time that we've had such a sustained increase in deaths. No, and certainly those weeks, 39, 40, it, 40 42, mm -hmm. were the highest on record for those weeks. Yeah. And it's incredible, you know, that we started on our excess journey on week 21 of the year. So that's about May. So it's been throughout the summer. And that is incredibly unusual because almost always, well, yeah, but I don't, not almost always. Always until 2021, deaths in the summer have fluctuated about their average level. So that means zero excess deaths. Yeah, and I think that was another example of why we knew it wasn't really COVID that was responsible because people wouldn't be dying of a respiratory illness during the summer, or they shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that was a warning flag as well. Yeah, that was there. Um. The other things I've done is in the last 26 weeks of excess, we have had 4,000 excess deaths, so I'm rounding up. Yep. Uh, in the whole of 2021, we had 5,000. Yeah, that's right. In the whole of 2021, we've had 5,100 excess deaths. In 2020, we had 6,200 excess deaths. So we're like 1,100 excess deaths away from having a worse excess death count. Than we did last year. Um, we're, we're playing statistical top drums here, but I think for right in saying that we're in week 46 report now and we've now got more deaths, all deaths in 21 than we had in 20. Yes. To this to week 46. Yeah. So that's with the vaccine. With yeah. four with four point three million, is it? Vaccine controls. Yeah. And of course, the other important point which we have to remember is that we're in the second year of the pandemic. Now, 
when a pandemic, I've, I said this in my exasperated update on YouTube um, last week for the Informed Scotland channel, you don't get more deaths the second year of a pandemic. The, the virus comes through, it finds vulnerable people and it kills them. And that's very sad. And then the next year, it can't find as many people to kill because the population should be becoming increasingly invulnerable to the virus. And the most vulnerable are gone because they've been taken out. Yeah. Now, you know, it, you, you can't argue that it's normal um, to have that where, like, the, the susceptibility to the virus doesn't seem to be changing. But, of course, this is how our politicians have always treated this virus. They've always behaved as if our vulnerability to it is never going to reduce, which doesn't make any immunological sense. Yeah. It was almost like they had the gift of foresight. <laughs> yeah. Just Can we just jump quickly onto the Public Health Scotland stuff, Christine? Yeah. So the, uh, the weekly statistics report that they published today, <clears throat> there was 110 COVID deaths, what they're calling COVID deaths, but deaths for COVID's mentioned. So 110 uh -huh. deaths. 11 were unvaccinated, 4 were one dose, and 95 were two or more dose. So we're consistently at 90% of the COVID deaths are amongst mm -hmm. the, the vaccinated or the fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And even those unvaccinated deaths, they include anyone who's had a vaccine within the last three weeks. So if you get a vaccine and die within 20 days or 21 days. Was it three weeks? Yeah, it's three weeks in Scotland and 14 days in England. Oh, I thought it was too... Oh, and that's, I thought it And that's interesting because their numbers are different as well, Christine, between us and England. But see, if you look at the VARS data for the uh -huh. version of the yellow cards, 40% of the deaths reported from adverse vaccine reactions occur within 48 hours. So in our yep. reporting system, those guys will all be reported as unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Well, that is very significant. And also... Um, we know, I keep going on about this, but in the Pfizer trial, people who've been vaccinated were more vulnerable to catching SARS-CoV-2 than the unvaccinated. And that was within two weeks of vaccination. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't have the answers, but a theory I have, without getting crazy theories, is that I think when you take the vaccine, what's happening is your immune system is crashing for a couple of weeks. And in that time, you're very vulnerable to a coronavirus or any other illness that's kicking out. Mm. Yeah. Um, and what you were saying there about exit, even having said that, we've got lots of people dying of COVID still, which you wouldn't expect after vaccine rollout, um, especially when it's so many people have been vaccinated. Yeah. Well, we might have expected it, but if you were following the government's line, we weren't expecting that. Um, and in graphs three and four in my blog, you can actually see in the latter half of 2021 what COVID deaths are contributing to the excess. And recently, the excess has been more than twice what the COVID death count is. Yeah, absolutely. It's looking about 40, 60. Uh, and I don't, I'm not that I even believe that the 40% of COVID deaths are really COVID deaths either. No. They're being, they're being masked by positives and false positives. Mm hmm um, but what I don't know if you noticed this because it, it was in the NRS stuff, but the um, hospital deaths this week have absolutely plummeted, which is quite strange. No, I didn't see that. That's good. Though. 
last week, um, this is why the excess deaths have gone down. Deaths in the home have remained elevated there at consistently over 100 a week. Um, excess deaths in the home. And that's been the case basically throughout the pandemic, although it's actually been slightly worse in 2021 than it was in 2020. Um, but the the gra um, hospital deaths have been rising steadily since week 66. That's counting the two years. So that's week 13 of this year. Yep. So that's been the last 33 weeks, basically. They have been steadily ramping up until this week where they plummeted. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. And also care home deaths have gone down. Dave, I noticed the care home deaths have went down. They were negative. Uh, uh, you know what, Christine? I wonder I wonder if they've not came down at all, but just the reporting's lagging. It wouldn't well, be like, yes, uh, it wouldn't be like it, the Scottish government to forget. It looked yeah. very, very strange. And I will update next week when I go in and update it. I'll, you know, well, I'll correct it if it's changed, but... Um, it looks really, really strange because, like I say, it's been a very steady ramping up for the last, you know, 33 weeks until this week when it suddenly dropped off a cliff. So I don't actually really believe it. If it were true, it's a very strange phenomenon that we're seeing. Well, you know, um, you know what's funny? I, I was speaking to somebody on Twitter the day about, like, we're, we're now looking for these National Records Scotland and Public Health Scotland reports, and we're going through them, right? The Public Health Scotland one, I've, I think I think I've pretty much chased them into changing that report by by constantly showing what I was showing for weeks and weeks and weeks that the report mm -hmm. was nonsense as well, and they keep mm -hmm. they keep changing it, and then I find out that I can still use what you're reporting to show that your vaccine isn't working and that the numbers are this. Um, see, before if it wasn't for COVID, who the hell was reading these reports? I bet you, I bet you they never ever get comments or criticism in any government reports about. Yeah. Scotland mortality. Nobody looks at mm -hmm. that. Nobody's been looking at that until our very freedom was put under the burner for this, and then people started looking at it. So I'll, I'll, I'd like to know who these guys are that do the do these reports, and I wonder if they know that what they're doing is pretty bullshit as well. Hmm. Well, I think we've. I think we do have some links to people in Public Health Scotland. So I wonder if we can. I think they do genuinely, my impression has been that they do genuinely try very hard, but I think sometimes the quality of the data that they yeah. get but isn't really great. They'll never, they'll never have been under this level of scrutiny. And guys like, mm. like Joe Smalley or um, no. uh, what's his name, Ivor Cummins or something picks up a, the Scottish stuff and runs with it and you know, tens of thousands of people see it. And mm -hmm. Alex Berenson as well, a guy in America is picking up when the Scottish yep. journalists aren't even looking at it. Yeah. I the, the freedom information requests I put into all the health boards, the only one that wouldn't tell me how many COVID deaths there was was Lothian. And funnily, one of my friend, one of my cousins is friends with a statistician who works for NHS. I didn't even know they had statisticians. And she told my cousin, she's like, tell your cousin he will never get that information. We are never going to give it to him. Like, and she was like, she was nuts when she said it. And I was like, fucking hell. So they've never ever gave me that. And I put in information. Um, uh, a complaint to the information commissioner to get it, but that takes 40 days for them to respond and all this carry on. Right. So I've never ever got that, but this is where, like, from the 8,000 deaths in hospitals or whatever it is, only 400 of them actually were only from COVID. And Glasgow wouldn't give it to me for ages either, but I put the commissioner on to them and eventually they gave me it, but these guys at Lothian won't tell me. 
Hmm. I need anyway. to sneeze. No, I don't know. I, I had a look okay. at the English um, ONS data mm -hmm. today, 15, just to see where they yeah. are. England is reporting plus 16.8% above average deaths as well. So they're below right. Scotland, but that's high. And again, just to put that in context, they normally have 10,000 deaths a week, and now they're getting 11,600 deaths a week. Mm. So, you know, it's an extra 1,600 people are dying. That's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot when it's week in, week out. Yeah, mm -hmm. and again, COVID's only accounting for around half of that. Yeah. Um, cancer deaths had gone down a wee bit this week, and actually, again, they've had a rising baseline for since the start of this year, cancer deaths, but they've started to come down again, which is interesting, and it looks like the baseline's maybe falling but it has done that before I think, um, so I think that's the more I think about this the more I think it's a, a reporting error I really do okay I don't think I've never even thought about it but I've got to go with the numbers that are there but that, I mean if they're coming down that's good yeah there's a slight maybe a falling baseline but I don't know is I mean it's so hard cancer deaths fluctuate massively week to week so who knows and like you say, that's probably because for whatever reason you get backlogs in reporting cancer deaths. I don't know why that would be, but it certainly looks like that in the data because they go up and down like mad. I mean, you can have a difference of 100 week to week is not unusual. So, um, how, how, how are the circulatory of heart cardiac deaths looking, Christian? Dementia deaths have come back down, so they're at average levels. So that's good because they've been really elevated, and we've had like hundreds of um, excess dementia deaths in the last twenty weeks. So, um, circulatory deaths have come down as well. It's the second week in a row, but they are still well above average, like twenty-five um, excess deaths this week, which is actually quite a lot for one cause of death. Um, and again, they're mostly, these excess are mostly happening at home. And I, this, that always makes me really sad because that's somebody dying of a heart attack or a stroke or something like that at home. It's really grim. It is grim, yeah. I mean, there's been um, mm -hmm. plus 10,000 excess since the pandemic and home deaths, not from COVID. I know. Well, people don't die of COVID at home. The statistics on yeah. that are very few. We've had 300 excess cancer deaths this year. Last year, in 2020, we had 34. Yeah. So The reason I ask about the circular, I can never say that properly, but the heart, the heart deaths is... What did I, did I just say? I meant circulatory, 300 right. excess this year, 34 last year. Did I say cancer? I you think did, I did. Yeah. Right, okay, I meant circulatory. But if, if we know that there's signals that Pfizer and Moderna are causing issues with inflamed hearts and with myocarditis. Is that having an impact there? So you would see it in the data for, for heart um, yeah. circulatory deaths. And I don't know if you've seen the young boy. No, he's not young, he's 30 now. But um, John, John Fleck collapsed last night playing for Sheffield United. Um, I think it was a suspected heart attack as well. It's in the English Premier League, the Scottish international football. So there's been a lot of that recently with, with sportsmen. Mm. And that, that's just, it's terrifying. If, if, if 
yeah. what's been forecast is going to come to the fore. Well, one of the things that I have been thinking about is people keep saying that, co I know that whenever this is brought up, that um, COVID causes heart attacks and yeah. uh, uh, the vaccine might be causing these. People's response is, well, COVID causes heart problems as well. Yeah. Well, no, actually it doesn't. Because last year when we had COVID arrive on our shores, we had 34 excess circulatory deaths in 2020. That basically is zero excess deaths because, you know, 34 over the course of a year is not a, a statistically yeah. significant thing. Whereas I would argue that 300 actually is significant. It's 10 times more than last year. And that, I haven't done a statistical test on it, but I think it is significant. And it's like, well, if COVID causes excess deaths, then why didn't we see excess circulatory deaths? Why did we not see them last year? And we'd have seen it when people were not protected if the vaccine worked as well. But we yeah. see less yeah. this year. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we would have seen is a significant number of circulatory deaths when the waves of COVID were high. Now, we did see a significant number of um, circulatory deaths, excess, when we had the first wave. And then you can see a bit of fluctuation when we had the second and third waves last autumn and winter. But it's not obvious. And that tells you that, you know, COVID actually wasn't causing massive numbers of circulatory deaths. Um, I think in the first wave, we had an excess in that type of death because people weren't getting healthcare and everything was a bit strange during the first wave, you know, healthcare was all muddled up. But since week, the, like week two of 2021, we have seen a steady increase in circulatory deaths. And yeah, you've seen the media and they're using, they're using COVID itself to mask these deaths and say, oh, that's a symptom of COVID. And the media is trying to normalise that it's normal for people to have heart attacks and normal for people to have strokes when they're in their 20s and 30s and playing professional football for Barcelona. It's not normal. I don't remember any of that. I've never seen three footballers no. in my life have a heart attack. No. I've seen it in the last six months. Mm -hmm. like quite often. It's happening a lot. Yeah, it's frightening. Yeah. Just one, last, one last point, Christine, before I go. I tried in vain to get on BBC Scotland <laughs> was it Tuesday or Wednesday when they were having the debate before Sturgeon made an announcement. 45 mm -hmm. minutes they kept me waiting, right? Mm -hmm. they, they knew to speak to Kay Adams. They knew what I was going to say because they, they know who I am. They've phoned in a few times. And if, at five to ten, they were like, eh, we can't get you on. We can't get you on, Russ. I was like, what do you mean you can't get me on? He's like, oh, we've not got any time to pick you on. But they just had all pro um, passport folk on. So I was raging because what I wanted to say on air, and there's probably more people listening to this than BBC fucking Scotland with Kay Adams, <laughs> is 10,000 10, fully vaccinated people are testing... A hundred fully vaccinated people are dying every week from with COVID nineteen. Right, the vaccines didn't work. They didn't work. Five well, thousand people catch COVID that are fully vaccinated in England every month. And yeah, the nonsense. But the informed Scotland Twitter trolls tell me that the vaccines do work. I know. Ross. See, this is what gets me. See if see if half a million see if half a million in a month is because. The vaccine is ninety five percent effective, right? That means mm. without, that means without the vaccine, ten million people would have caught it. <laughs> I don't think so. You know what I mean? I know. Well, I mean, th but that's th this is the thing. It's like arithmetic. You know, 
nonsense that people are talking because it's arithmetically impossible for their statistics to be right. Uh, and it doesn't even take any, you know, like like today, John Mason responded to something, I don't know, something I said or something someone else said, but they'd said 89% of deaths were in doubly vaccinated people. And his response was, well, but unvaccinated people are 32 times more likely to die than hmm. vaccinated people. It's like, sorry, hang on. Hang on a minute there, John. 89% of deaths were in vaccinated people. And you're saying that 30 people who are unvaccinated are 32 times more likely to die. So I'm trying to work out the maths on that. That would mean that we would have to have like more than 99% of our population vaccinated or something for that to be correct. I mean, it's just absolute total nonsense that he's talking and yet you know these people just say these things and they're nonsense and what we're saying isn't nonsense like yeah. what you're saying is the stats from public health scotland now they might be nonsense well, and that, if, they, if they are then that's a problem but just quoting the government's own statistics back to them they can't even respond in a rational way well john john the mason is uh I don't know why he's, he's tangling with us on Twitter because he's getting ripped apart, right? Every time he puts a photo, yeah. torn apart. And I, I had a go at him about that 32 because he put that up two weeks ago. That, yeah. was, that was an ONS fucking data manipulation report which included all the deaths in January, February, March before people were vaccinated. And they used that. They t- so they took all those deaths as being unvaccinated because of the whole 21 day after vaccination carry on. Mm-hmm. And Joel Smalley actually did a good graph on that before he got new. But um, aye, it's like that Fanny Ferguson as well, that if we didn't have the vaccine, then 100 million Brits would have died. Well, there's only 67 of us, mate, so that doesn't work. I also want to talk about other excess deaths, other yeah. in inverted commas, because that is the one where we have basically, since the start of 2020, there have been like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. We've only had 12 weeks, I think, counting about 12 weeks out of 99 weeks now since the start of 2020 but we have not had excess other deaths yeah and you know we're sitting at this week just under 50 excess deaths of other causes now other excludes cancer dementia circulatory respiratory and covid so i think we're talking about you know, appendicitis uh, or suicide or drug overdose or car accident, that kind of thing. But just the number of these is really, really horrifying. And again, the majority of them are happening in the home. Yeah, it would be good to get a breakdown because I think they only list the top five or top six causes of death in the weekly reports. So I don't don't think Public Health Scotland or NRS reporting this until midway through next year. Aye. The other thing that's really interesting about it is that um, recently, the last um, 17 weeks, they've been above zero in hospitals. So that is a real change because throughout the time of the 
you know, since 2020, they've kind of fluctuated around the zero line, but they now seem to be rising as well. So that implies that you've got people coming into hospital with strange things. Yep. And are dying there because the hospitals can't help them for whatever reason. And I think that's a bit of an indication of that. That's probably a lack of healthcare issue, at least partly. Um, yeah, well, I wonder if there's like nervous system disorders, you know, like yeah. we know about Bell's palsy and uh, mm-hmm. Barry syndrome being an issue. Yeah. These these yeah. are things that would, would never be big numbers, Christine, in a year. So you, it would be, they would show up if they started doubling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and COVID deaths are falling as well, but what? Um, COVID deaths? Mm-hmm, but very slowly. Well, yeah. it was funny, no funny at all, but Sturgeon yesterday, I was sure she was going to extend the passports. I was I was on a tear about passports for the last week. Mm-hmm. When she didn't, I was, sh- I was actually shocked, right? But see, if you looked at our numbers, cases were down, deaths were down. There was no justification to extend the passports. Yeah. But it was interesting, and you've went on it as well, and, and I have, but she admitted to coercion yesterday yes. that the only reason they brought the passports in was to get more people, the young people, vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people are in a, up in arms with that, especially the hospitality industry. Well, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, this is the thing. You are not allowed to coerce people to have medical treatments. Now, in a public health emergency, I understand that the rules go out the window a little bit. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand that, you know, if you're in a public health emergency, then clearly you have to take additional measures to protect people. I agree with that, that we should be taking additional measures. I don't agree that they should impinge on people's freedoms. No. But if you are going to coerce people to have an experimental vaccine, new technology that has a really dodgy safety profile. Now, nobody can argue, well, people do argue that the vaccines are safe, but they're not what I would call safe because you can go on any number of websites and see a whole catalogue of horrendous injuries. So if you're going to insist that your population gets this vaccine, at the very least, you have to provide sturdy evidence that it will at least protect the public from transmission. Yeah, and the vaccines don't. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, I, I had a Facebook spat, which I very rarely have now, on a uh-huh. page. They were giving out Moderna as a booster at our local centre. And all these people were lining up on Facebook saying uh-huh. they had that. And I was like, what did you have? I'd asked AstraZeneca, but then they gave me Moderna. I was like, why are you mixing your vaccines? And they're like, oh, the nurse, the nurse said it was fine and it might actually be more effective. I was like, fucking, what is wrong with people? And this is what worries me about the boosters. They're gonna, if they didn't get you with mRNA boosters, they'll get you, they'll get you now. Because I always said, if I had a gun to my head, I would take the AstraZeneca before the other two. But, these, but now they're gonna end up, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they say, AstraZeneca has got a poor efficacy and you now have to renew your vaccines, but it has to be Moderna or Pfizer. Mm. And I think they'll do more damage to people. Yeah. The more side effects of those. Well, I mean, who knows? Allegedly. I mean, you shouldn't be mixing and matching vaccines anyway because there's there really is no trial data on that. I mean that's what 
That's what I said. I said, did they show you the trial data? Because there's none. Yeah. But people put their blind faith in Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing that just blows my mind, is how people can be so concerned about safety on one hand, but then, you know, not be concerned at all about the safety of these products. And I, di I didn't understand that people just believed that vaccines were so you know, blanket safe. I mean, they're not. That's well, these vaccines aren't. Um yeah. other the other thing that I find really interesting about um the data is looking at death per thousand per population per thousand population by week in Scotland. So I've got in my blog gra a graph from 1974. So every year is marked and I've stacked up the deaths by weeks in the columns. And what you can see is that last year, you know, we had a big jump on 2019 in death, which is what you would expect in the year of a pandemic. But and it was actually an unusually big jump. You know, we've not really we've not seen a jump as big as that since 1974 year on year. But the thing that's amazing is that in 2021, we are we're, you can see it on this graph. We're at the same level as we were this time last year. So it looks like we're going to have had a huge jump in 2020 and then maintained that high excess death level for 2021. I know that I've already said that, but it's just quite an interesting graph to look at. It will be number, it'll be the second last graph in the blog today. Yeah, and like you say, every time that's, every time you see, if you look at that graph, if you've got a spike, the year after is low. Yeah. Certainly, certainly low after, if not mm. median. So... Well, since 1974, we've had years that have been bad for mortality. Not as big a jump as we saw last year. But, you know, 1983 was really bad. Um, 19, sorry, 1993 was really bad. 1989 was a bad yeah. year. And 1976 was a bad year as well. 1983, 1983 was a great year, Christine. Was it? When the, Don, when the Dons came back with the European Cup Winners' Cup. Right. Well, 1983 was the year I was born. And it was a very normal year for mortality. I was just looking at that. But um, yeah, I just think it's really amazing to see that, you know, we're going to, we're keeping up this year with last year. And like you say, a virus should come through a population and take out the vulnerable people. That's what happens. And then the following year, there's not as many people left to die. But this is different. Now, obviously... SARS-CoV-2 virus is, well, we think it's different to other viruses in the past because it's been engineered as a weapon. But the other thing that's been different is we've locked down. And then the other thing that's different is that we have never tried to vaccinate our way out of a pandemic. No, and that's not a good idea. Well, none of it seems to be a good idea, Bustler, because it's looking absolutely awful for excess deaths. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough topic for us to talk about. It's it's, it's, quite, it's quite depressing, isn't it? We're trying to be jovial, at least I. Well, yeah, and you don't want to be jovial about humor, but... because it's not a nice topic. No, it's not. No. The only the other good news, if I can say this about excess deaths, is that when you look at the deaths going back to 1974, we have had lots of unusual weeks, as we've said before. But this week is actually looking much less unusual. So there's yeah. actually been quite a lot of years that have been worse in week 46. 
than um, 2021 has been. However, like you say, as I'm looking at these graphs, I think there's been a reporting error, especially in the hospital's data. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to change. I think it might be revised up next week. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm such a cynic now that I question everything. But Well, they do have data reporting issues sometimes. And, you know, to be fair, you know, these things can happen, I suppose. Uh, you know, um, people, you know, things happen and it, they have been uh, producing a lot of data. So, I don't know. Right, Christine, we'll, we'll wrap it. I've got to, I need to order my dinner at my spa hotel for half eight. Oh, <laughs> um, good. Oh, do you? Well, yeah. on you go then, and I need to put children to bed. Maybe we'll do it in another month, and who knows what the situation will be. Yeah, I was going to say, say that. It might be an idea to do a regular one, and it's, uh, yeah. it's always good to get a catch up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to do one of my own podcasts this weekend as well, if I can uh, cool. get the time to do it. Cool. Okay. Right. right then, Russell, thanks for right. your time. Thank you. Cheers, Bye. Christine. Bye. See you again in another month for an update to this conversation. But stay tuned for Corona Stories because we have a couple of episodes in the queue. Thank you for listening.